Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. If you're just joining with us, we're in the midst of a message series entitled, Who Are We? And as you just saw from that video uh, bumper, love does matter. And I'm excited about uh, the message today because we've been kind of diving into family issues. And uh, right off the bat, I I need to say this disclaimer. Um, Many of you, when you hear the word family, if you're a single adult, uh, if you're a single parent, uh, maybe you're in a blended family, right off the bat, when I say the word family, you you start to tune out because you think that I'm not talking about you. But we unpack in week one the fact uh, that the traditional family is no longer defined by mom, dad, and two biological children. In fact, that's only 23.5% of families living in today's society. Uh, That the actual family is messy. And last week, uh, we talked about that mess, that there are no perfect pictures. There are no perfect families. You know, we go and we look at TV, we look in the department stores, we see the stock photos as we talked about last week. And uh, right off the bat, we compare our worst with their best, and we never measure up. And last week, and I encourage you, if you're, if you're a messy family and you know what it's like to be a mess and you got a smile on your face today and you want everyone to think that you got it all together but you know inside that things are a mess, I encourage you to watch last week's message because I'm praying it's an encouragement to all of us um, because the truth is God wants to be in our mess. And God doesn't use perfect people. He uses broken people for his perfect plan. And so I want to introduce you to a, a, a guy by the name of John. And John writes the book of 1 John. And John is writing this letter. Let me set up the context today. If you haven't read the Bible, and we're jumping into a book called 1 John. And uh, John is a guy who's going to write the church. And so the church is not a building. The church are the people. So he's writing to us. And at that time period, he, he was battling against something. There were a lot of individuals within the church that started to change the narrative. They started uh, wanting to tell people, well, Christianity is not necessarily all about Jesus. That, yeah, Jesus died on the cross and he died for our sins. Um, but you, there's this other stuff. You know, you have to look like this. You have to talk like this. And by the way, you know, I mean, yeah, he died on the cross, but is that really what happened? And so there was a lot of information going around the church. And in the book of 1 John, John writes to battle against misinformation within the church. And one of the things that he's going to tackle is he's going to define love. And the reason I bring this out is because I'm hoping, and if you're, if you're a person that likes five-minute get-to-the-point messages, well, here, here's my promise. In the first five minutes, ten minutes of the message, you will get the main point. And you can go to sleep for the next 15 We're going to unpack it a little bit more if you'd like to stay awake for it. But John is going to write what love is. And so if you're a parent in this room, what love means for you and your kids. If you're a husband, what love means between you and your spouse. If you are engaged or if you're looking to have a relationship, what kind of love do you need to have to have a sustaining marriage? And so I'm really excited today to unpack the importance of love, not only for our generation, but for the generation to come as we wrap up our family series today. If you have your Bibles, we can turn to 1 John 4, 7. You can follow along on the screen here as well. If you have the Version Bible app, download that and you get all the notes so you don't have to write them down as I talk today. Here we go. Here's John. John writes, dear friends, let's continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. God. Now, the first thing, there's a lot in this. This is groundbreaking. 
John says, let's continue to love. In other words, don't miss this. If you're a Bible study student, if you have a Bible, if you have your app, you, you need to highlight that word, let us continue, because there's an assumption that if you're a believer in Jesus and you're a follower of Jesus and you say, I'm a Christian, then there's an expectation and assumption that every day of your life you are to love. Let's continue to love, church. So there's an assumption. You can't take a day off from loving. You can't wake up and say, you know what? I'm not a morning person. I don't have my Dunkin' Donuts coffee. This happened to be Saturday, by the way. I had to make a special drive to get my coffee. But you know, I don't have the, the, the Dunkin' Donuts coffee, so don't talk to me because you know it's a bad day. I don't have my coffee. I, I have no love to give right now because I'm, I'm hangry. I'm cranky. It's a bad day. Church, we're not allowed to do that because there's an assumption that within us that there is love to be poured out. Now, right off the bat, half of you said, oh, great, I'm going to fail. Because let's be honest, there's all different kinds of personalities. Some of us, it's really easy to love. We walk around and we make other people sick because they look at us and they say, man, that guy's always kind. He's always loving. He can hug a tree for goodness sakes. I mean, come on, be real. There's half of us in this room that it's a struggle to give love. I mean, we wake up in the morning and we just look and we want to punt a puppy. I know, I know. If you're from PETA or, you know, I'm just kidding by that. Just kidding. So don't hold me to that. But we're kind of like that a little bit. But here's the truth. There's an assumption and there is a way that we can give love. I want you to pay really close attention. The word love, let's define it. The word love in the original language comes from the word agape. And agape means to love, to show love, but don't, don't, don't miss this, to take pleasure in. To love, to show love, and to take pleasure in. If you're taking notes, write this down and we're going to unpack it. Real love can never be manufactured. Real love can only be given away. Real love can't be manufactured. Real love can only be given away. Here's the point. John said, love comes from God. Let us continue to love. But by the way, groundbreaking, love doesn't come from you. Okay, husbands, when you look at your spouse and they look beautiful and the little twinkle in her eye and you say, I love you, baby, that doesn't come from you. Parents, when you look at your child, I love you. Real love doesn't come from you. Let me illustrate this another way and I'm going to try not to make a mess. What John is really saying is if you are a follower of Jesus, and that's our mission, by the way, to help people to follow Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus, then your life, you are a vessel, that you are a funnel, that the Holy Spirit, which is God, lives inside of you. And your job is to listen to that Holy Spirit and to do exactly what that Holy Spirit says and for allow your voice your emotions, your actions to funnel out what God wants to funnel out of you. And that also relates to love. And so let me illustrate this. What happens in life though, is that we over time, we don't want to be a a vessel. We don't want to be a funnel. We want to look at God and say, God, I don't want to do what you want me to do. I know you're tapping me on the shoulder. I know you're telling me to go do that. But you know what, God, I'm sorry. I'm not feeling it today and I don't want to do it. And so all of a sudden we tell God, we want to take our funnels and we want to squeeze them and we want them to become smaller and smaller. And so God has, the Holy Spirit has all this love that he wants to pour out of us. And we are the ones who look at God and say, God, I don't feel like it today. I don't have my Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Tough, not going to happen. So Here's God, and all of a sudden he says, Terry, I want to pour out of you today. I got a lot of love to give today. And what we do is we block. Yes, that was pretty messy, wasn't it? We block all of that love, and we funnel it, and it pours out, and it backs up. And so all of a sudden there's a lot of, there's a lot of hangry Christians 
You know them. Look around the room. You could spot them. Point them out. I'm just teasing. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But we know some of the individuals that in one side of their mouth says, I love Jesus. I want to follow him. He's amazing. I read my Bible every day. But then they could basically turn around and stab someone in the back so quickly you can't even imagine it. And what what the point is, is that John says, you're supposed to be a funnel. And what we do is with sin, with our desires, we choke the love that God wants to give in and through us. How many marriages today are choking for love? How many parental relationships? How many of you want to strangle your teenager today? That when I tell you about kids, you think, and the first thing you think of is not to pour out love, but to strangle because you're so frustrated. And the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 I want to love. And so what God really wants to do is he wants us to always be open so that no matter how much we pour, no matter how fast we pour, it just funnels right through us and pours out to another person. Now, I told you 10 minutes, and so for some of you, the rest of this message is all going to tie back into this. But here's your action step today. Are you choking what God wants to pour out of you? Wives, are you choking? Husbands. And so what's your action step today? We're going to break that down just a little bit. We're going to continue because John continues on with what he says. This is 1 John 4, 9. God showed how much he loved us. He poured out by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. And so John pivots and says, let me give you an example of what love is, what real love is, is that God, even though we're sinners, even though we say, I don't want to do what you want to do, God, I want to do what I want to do, even, we do, even though we do despicable acts, we make wrong decisions, we run from God, we don't listen to God, God is sitting up there saying, all I want to do is love on you, all I want to do is make a better life for you. We say, no, nope, don't want to do it, I'm tired, I'm hangry, I don't care. And God still, even though we did so much wrong, God sent his son and says, not only am I going to send my son so he can guide you, strengthen you, give you great wisdom, but he's going to die for you as an example of the love that I'm going to pour out through you. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Real love needs to be intentional. Real love needs to be intentional. I think part of the reason why we don't love as much is we don't put a plan in place. I think a lot of us, we just expect love to be feeling-based. If you can read all the books on Amazon that you want, and they will tell you the similar thing, Love is action. It's not necessarily based on emotions. Yes, there's the feeling of love, but that feeling of love, it is temporal. Love has to be action. It has to be intentional. And so for some of us in this room, have you really thought about how to love your family, love your spouse? Here are some examples. Let me give this to you. Have you thought about how you can love your child or love your family by educating yourself? How many of you who have been married have ever actually read books on how to be a better husband or better wife? Well, no, Terry, if I do that, then they're going to think I don't know what I'm doing. Guess what? You don't. None of us do. We're constantly learning. At what point did anybody say, once you say I do, then you know it. You're the perfect husband and perfect wife. We're not. And so in order to love, how many of us continue to pursue educating ourselves? How many parents in this room How many of you will continue to pick up and to pour in and to learn how to be a better dad, how to be a better mom? Grandparents, how many of you have actually said, you know what, I need to stay close to my kids and culturally what's happening and what my grandkids are facing, so I'm going to learn more about them so I can pour in. 
How many of you, whether it's through work relationships, understanding, experiencing, mentoring those that are coming up, how do you show love at work? How do you show love in your relationships? How do you make sure you put guardrails around your family in our church? I say this all the time. Every marriage, you need to dialogue daily, date weekly, and depart annually. If you have a plan, you can foster that love and continue it. Emotional health. How many of you pour into someone else? We say this all the time. For every one positive thought that you speak to someone, there's seven negative criticisms that follow. And so how do you have an intentional plan to love? Physical wellness. Are you taking care of yourself so that you can be there to love someone? And I always say this, authentic faith. I want you to write this down. It's not in the notes. Write this down. If what you believe doesn't match how you behave, then what good is what you believe? I'm going to say that again. If what you believe doesn't match how you behave, what good is what you believe? In other words, if we sit here and we say, I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus, I understand that he's in us, I understand he wants to love through us, and so yes, Terry, I need to do that. But yet we go, and today, many of you are going to walk out this door, and you are not going to open your funnels, you're not going to allow him to pour through, and so what good is what you believe if you don't behave like what you believe? I know I confused a lot of you, it's okay. Let me illustrate this one other way. I was driving home about four nights ago. And it was the end of the day, and Connor, Connor's my, my son, he is uh, 11 years old. He, he's, he's, he's unique because some days I can't get a word out of him. Other days, he's chatty Cathy. I mean, you just can't get the kid quiet. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm driving home, and he's in a chatty Cathy mood, and we're just driving, and I'm tired, and we're, we're, we're driving home. And all of a sudden, he starts telling me about this new video game that he was playing. It's a race car game, and it has police, and it has, uh, it has regular like cars that you know break the law, and they're trying to get away from the police. And so right off the bat, I, I go into non-loving dad because I sit there, and I listen. He goes, yeah, dad, it's a great game because you have the police and blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, okay, I don't really care. I got, I got bills to pay. I got this, I got to do. I got so much to do at home. So I'm half listening. And all of a sudden he goes, yeah. He said, so I got, I chose to be the robber. And then I got in the car and I, I kid you not. Here's what I did as, as I'm half paying attention. And my son is all excited and he wants to engage dad in a conversation. And I have the opportunity to show worth to my son and words and show him love. And instead of engaging him in the conversation, here's what I do. I hear, I chose to be the robber to get away from the cop. And I interrupt him and I say, well, why didn't you choose to be a police officer? You know, being the police officer, that's the right thing to do. And that's the good thing to do. And why did you choose to be the robber? I mean, come on, be the robber. And my son, dad, it's just a game. And he continues on, and I thought to myself, I says, you know what? If I'm really going to love my child, then I have to show that I actually care about what he's interacting and having fun with. And so what if I actually engage him in a conversation and show him that I actually care about what he cares about? Would that make a difference? So right off the bat, he's talking about a robber. And I said, well, did you get away from the police? He goes, no, it was really amazing. I went down this road and then at first he got really close and then he bumped into the fender. I was like, well, I said, what happens when he bumps into a fender? Oh, when he bumps into a fender, then a fender comes off and you got to keep your car. It has to keep together. And that's how you get points. I was like, well, how many points can you earn in the game? Oh, I've earned about 15,000 points and I'm going for 20,000 points. I said, what happens when you get to 20,000? Oh, you gain another level and you do this. Now pause. Do you want to know how to love a child? I don't care about points. I don't care about make-believe. I don't care about video games. I care about my son. And at the end of the day, when we pulled him in the drive-thru, guess what my son said? Dad, thanks so much for talking to me about that. Do you want to play one day? Sure. Yes! Love matters. And John basically is challenging us 
to be intentional about the love that we can give. This is what he says, continue, John says, this is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. You want to know what love is? That's love. Now, I was a teacher back in the day and about halfway through when you're done, usually your students are starting to nod off because coffee's wearing off. So we kind of flip the switch here. So I'm going to flip the switch on you because sometimes it's good to teach in the negative. And so rather than tell you what love is, I'm going to tell you what love is not. So if you're taking notes, love is not this. Love is not conditional. That's selfish love. And many of our marriages are littered with selfish love because it looks like this. I will give you love if you give love back. How many of you said, honey, can I get a foot rub? Well, if you massage my shoulders, I'll give you a foot rub. Now, that might be fine, silly illustration, but I'll give you if you give me. How many of you come and sit there, well, why should I be kind to her when she hasn't been kind to me in five years? Well, why should I go ahead and do this if she's not going to do this? Why should I do this if she's not going to do this? If we live our lives based on this, God help us. Because that's not love. If God looked at us and said, well, why should I send my son to die for you when you run away from me all the time? We'd be in a world of trouble. Here's what God love is not as well. It's not superficial. It's not words without actions. Here's the thing. When God said that he was going to send his son, he did. When Jesus said he's going to go on the cross and die for our sins, he did. When Jesus said that in three days I'm going to rise and I'm going to beat death, he did. When Jesus said he's going to come back, and restore everything, he will. Because that is the epitome of his love. How many of us have really great intentions, but yet we don't back it up? You want to know what real love is? You do what you say. Here's what God's love really is. It's unconditional. God's love is unconditional. Now, I want to do a disclaimer. It doesn't mean that if you have a husband right now that is treating you like dirt. It doesn't mean that you just take it. That's not the epitome of love. It means that if you're in a relationship, that there is the foundation that we are going to try to make the marriage work and try to love one another, that every single day you allow God to work in and through you. John continues on 4, 11, 12. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God, Holy Spirit, lives in us. And his love is brought, don't miss this, to full expression in us. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Write this down, and I want to explain it. Love matters in the life of a kid more than it does in an adult. I'll say it again. Love matters more in the life of a kid than it does in an adult, and I want to explain why. John basically said, hey, listen, If you allow your funnel to be open, then you're going to affect and influence those that you love around you. And the younger generation, if they see a funnel of love that I'm pouring out, they will see a full expression over a long period of time of what my love is. So when they become adults, they won't have any choice but to have open funnels to pour out as well. You know, the sad thing is, is for all the individuals that you see on TV and different things that make horrible choices, choices that I can't even fathom. 
you know they tie this back. Not every single one, but a majority of sinful actions get tied back to a point in which a child or a middle schooler or a high schooler, they saw something other than love. The funnels that they saw that were pouring into them were not love, they were something else. If you're taking notes, watch this. According to the World Health Organization's research now shows that many challenges in adult society, mental health problems, obesity, stunting, heart disease, criminality, competence and literacy, and numeracy have, have their roots in early childhood. Here's the point. Could you imagine if all of us in this room, just in this community said, and watching online, could you imagine if all of us said, you know what, as a parent, as a grandparent, as a mentor, I'm going to choose to allow God to pour through me and I'm going to pour love out and I'm truly going to choose real love to pour into the next generation. What would happen if we started pouring that into our kids, all of us, that instead of sinful actions, decisions, not caring, instead of modeling something other than love, what if we love them? Would it change the way that our society is today? I have to believe it would. You know, here's, here's, the, here's the most amazing thing. I've seen a couple engaged, sitting on my couch, ready to get married, and there is all kinds of love. I mean, disgusting love. I mean, Pookie, you love you. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, I love how you sneeze. I mean, come on, you know, just give it a year. But I'm just saying, it's It's beautiful. And I'll see the same couple because I'm old enough now and I've had this happen. 15 years later, come and see me. And I don't see what I saw 15 years ago. I see off to the side of the couch. I see downtrodden. I see frowns. I see scowls. I see everything has affected them. Do you want to know why? It's because over the full expression of time, it has an effect it affects countenance. There's, there's a reason why God tells us and reminds us, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I designed you. I wrote you. I wove you. I want you to remember that I am your author so that you can have worth over time. The problem is, is we all of a sudden, we have our worth tied into other things. If you're a spouse, maybe you've tied your worth to your marriage and your marriage is suffering and now it's changed who you are because you've forgotten who you are. If you're taking notes, write this down. Love over time gives kids and adults a sense of their worth. You want to build your family? You want a family that knows a God that loves them? You've got to show that love. Taking notes, write this down. Do you know how to help a kid know they matter? Love. Do you know how to help a kid find their place and passion? Love. Do you know how to help a kid trust you? Love. Do you know how to help shape a kid's perception of God? Love. pains my heart to see so many kids lost. And I can almost guarantee you, you can tie that back. And sometimes it's not the parents. Sometimes it's a lack of a grandparent. Sometimes it's outside influences. And they're not seeing love, but they're seeing something other than love. And it causes them to make decisions that are harmful. Kids need to learn to love themselves while they're kids. So the way you love kids while they're kids can dramatically affect their future. Grandparents, you should care about your grandkids. Now, some of you are like, well, I do. How dare you? I understand. You should care enough about your grandkids that when they start talking to you about their video game, you should actually go research that video game so that you can learn about it and you can engage them in an intelligent conversation. 
Have you ever tried that? Because when you engage and invest in what they care about, you make a difference in a child. Uh, this wasn't in my notes, but I'm just going to share it because it just happened the other day. Um, I, I, I am not, I, I used to be really, really, really good at the romantic thing and everything else. I used to be, and I'll just call myself out on it. And over time, years, responsibility, you, you know, maybe you don't and it shouldn't, but you, you know, you forget to do certain things or you don't pay as much attention. You got too much pressure on yourself. But I used to be really good when Jennifer, my wife, when she would sit there and she would mention something, I would be really good at putting that in my roller decks and saving it. And then later on, surprising her. It's just showing an act of love to her. I've gotten really bad at that. And I don't know if it's just too much information, too many people or this and that. It's, I, I don't even remember you said that. I didn't even remember you like that. It's just hard. So I've really committed about six months ago, okay, I really need to pay attention. I really need to pay attention. If she says something, just lock onto it. Don't do it then. Surprise her later. So all of a sudden, we were, when we had to evacuate for the hurricane, we went to Atlanta, and she has a pottery place that she loves. Well, we went ahead and we drove down to that pottery place, and there's, there's a, a, a long story short, there's a piece of pottery that she loves that has a, a sentimental value to her and I, and they were all out of the pottery. So while my wife was out looking at the river, I went to the person who owned the shop and I said, hey, do you know the artist of this pottery? And they told me the artist's name. So I went on my own over the last three months and I found the artist. And I went ahead and I engaged him in a text conversation. And I said, is there any way that I could get you to make these mugs because she really loves mugs? And he said, yes. And so I was so excited because on Friday, a box came to the house. Jennifer looks at me and she goes, what's that? I'm like, I don't know. Go open it. So she opens the box and she sees the mics. Now I got the color wrong, I'll just say it. But but here's the point. She was opening them, we were talking about them. I saw a smile light up on her face. And you know what she did? She'd be mad at me if I told you this. But later on, we were walking and she stopped me and she grabbed my shoulders and she said, thank you. Thank you for remembering that. And she gave me a big kiss. And then I said, that's it. No, I'm just teasing. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. That'd be bad. That'd be bad. I was just, just teasing, just teasing. But you get my point. Love is intentional. When you love, it can affect your future. So here's our action step and I'm done. Do what God did. You want to love? If you're a young husband, you want to love? Prove it. Pursue it. If you need to forgive, forgive. Be consistent and live a life of love. If all of us would just take these things that God did, God proved he was the son of God. God pursues us every single day in a love relationship. God forgives us every single day in a love relationship. God is the only consistent thing that you and I have in a love relationship. And he wants to funnel through us to live Love. I close with this. This comes from, next slide. This comes from, next slide. Next slide. Thank you. C, Joy Bell C. They say you have to earn the right to be loved. No, love is unconditional. If you love someone, they don't have to earn it. But the right to tell someone that you love them, that has to be earned. You have, the, you have to earn the right to be believed. You want to change? You want to be a funnel? You want to love? Be consistent. I know for some of you, it's going to be tough to turn around and to try to love, especially the season you're in. And the first time you love, you might not be believed. 
but you do it over time and you're consistent and you prove it over and over again, I promise you, God's love will change your family. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for um, this message. And God, right now, I, I lift up um, families, all kinds of families. God, I lift up a husband and a wife where love has gone silent. God, I pray, Father, right now for a husband that wants to change course. I ask, Lord, that you would allow him to know that he doesn't have to manufacture love. He just needs to get closer to you and allow you to pour in and through him. I pray for a wife. God, I pray that you would allow her to be filled by you. And Lord, I know this, when you fill us, you change us. And when you change us, we are different people. And when we're different people, we have a higher capacity to love than ever before. God, I pray for parents, grandparents. God, I pray that we would engage our kids at their level so that they can engage us and that they can see love being poured out every day. Father, for the person in this room that has never known that love, maybe today they are not sure what a true love relationship is. God, I ask that you would speak to their heart today. I ask that they would know that you came and that you died for them so that while death is at our doorstep, you came to defeat it so we could have life. And today, Lord, if they follow you and trust you as Lord and Savior, they will have that same expression of love and that life as well. God, today, may we all be open funnels, allowing you to pour through us, to change our family. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.